Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Well, we are um, having, uh, the last couple of weeks, been talking about worship and what it looks like. And oh, I tell you, I love Fridays. I love coming on Fridays and just the space to be with God, to connect with God in worship corporately is so powerful and so wonderful. Uh, Pastor Aaron did an amazing job on Sunday. Hallelujah. And you know, I think it's a really important topic that we talk about. So I wanna, I wanna just make sure that um, all of us, as we go on this journey, that we engage together in what worship looks like, that we are careful to make sure that the Holy Spirit is leading us um, to go deeper in intimacy and fellowship with God. So let's just pray. Are we gonna, are we gonna do this tonight? Praise the Lord. God bless our media team. They're so wonderful. Um, we've been getting reports from people all around the world watching the television program every week. And uh, just such a privilege to be able to take the gospel into the kingdom, into the, into the world and into the, the homes around the world that many of them haven't heard the gospel. So Father, we ask your blessing on your word tonight. Lord, we ask that you would use it, Father, to cause people to cry out, to seek you, to find you. You said seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So Father, I'm asking that you put in the hearts of everyone who hears this tonight a desire to seek you and to find you. Lord, that you help them, you equip them, Lord, to hear your voice, to seek you and find you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, the Bible tells us that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. What was the joy? The joy was us. He was so excited about the prospect of the veil being torn and us being able to have intimate fellowship with him. When man was created, it was cre- he was created for fellowship with God and it was lost through sin. And the joy in the heart of God, knowing that a way was about to be made for us to once again connect with God in intimate face-to-face fellowship with Him was, was what sustained Him through the horrors of becoming sin for us on the cross. It's for the joy set before Him that, that Jesus did all of this, that we would have fellowship with Him. Now when we receive Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord, it's not just a ticket to heaven. What it is, is us being restored back into fellowship with Him. Restored back into relationship with Him. And relationship with Him is something that is active and real and has to be truly dynamic. You know, a relationship involves communication. It involves affection. It, it involves, dare I say it, some emotion. And God is actually an emotional God. Did you know that? You know, 
But he wants us to be fully engaged, body, soul, and spirit, in worship with him, relationship with him. Worship isn't us coming and just giving a sacrifice to God. Worship is a divine embrace where we are in intimate communion with him, hallelujah. And so the Father is looking for worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. That is, worshipers who will respond to the Holy Spirit revealing Christ, revealing the Father, and responding in the way that they were created to respond. And that's the worship that pleases the heart of the Father. Hallelujah. So I want to talk a little bit more tonight about what it looks like when we worship God. People have all sorts of ideas about worship. Some people, um, their idea of worship is singing a few songs. And um, you know what? Well, well-written songs, good lyrics that are true revelation, that are based on the Word of God, it's powerful. I love to sing hymns, I do. I mean, that, so many of those hymns are just such profound revelatory truth that makes my heart respond. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. As I begin to sing those words, I, my heart responds because the Holy Spirit uses the words to remind me of truth and cause in me a response that says, yes, you are, I agree. I'm gonna tell you how great you are, hallelujah. You've been faithful to me through and through and that is who you are. As I sing the words of those hymns, I feel so um, engaged with truth. But worship isn't just about the songs or the form. I mean, the Bible tells us, it shows us in Scripture all sorts of ways that God enjoys our worship. He says, clap your hands, all you people. Make a joyful noise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It's Scripture, hallelujah. So for us to say that worship needs to be like this or worship needs to be like this or like this is not what the Father is looking for. He's not looking for form, he's looking for heart, relationship with him. He's looking for genuine response. But you know, a lot of people don't understand what they're really supposed to do in worship, particularly in the spaces when there's not words to sing. You know, they, they're thinking, okay, what's happening next? Sometimes just waiting upon the Lord is, is a powerful thing. Singing a new song to the Lord is, is the word of God in the scripture. As you begin to express words that come from Him, words that come from you to Him, and words that come from Him to you through you. God wants us to have the freedom to be able to be led by Him, guided by His eye in a beautiful dance where we aren't the ones always directing it, but we are working with Him as we are learning what it looks like to enjoy relationship with Him. So for us, when we come to worship, it, I, I don't know. I, I know what it's like for me when I worship. When I, when I come to the Lord and I worship Him, I engage with Him in faith. I'm believing that He is genuinely happy to see me. And that's not because I've been a good girl 
It's not because I've ticked all the boxes, it's because Jesus is good and I've put my faith in the fact that as I have confessed my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, that he doesn't even remember my sins anymore, that he is looking at me and saying, you were the joy that I was thinking about when I went to the cross, come here, let me receive the reward of my suffering. Don't stand at a distance, darling. Come close. I want to see your face because it is beautiful to me. And I have faith in that. And that gives me confidence to boldly approach the throne of grace. God's not looking for, he doesn't consider us presumptuous when we boldly come up to him to worship him. He doesn't look at us and think, who do you think you are? He looks at us with joy in his heart because the Bible tells us that if we wanna please God, there's one thing that the Bible says pleases God. What is it? Faith pleases God. If you come to him in faith believing that he has made the way for you, as you come in faith believing that he has invited you to boldly approach his throne, then his heart is full of faith because his heart is, heart is full of joy because he sees your faith and your faith pleases him. Hallelujah. And so when I come to worship him, I come in faith believing, even though my heart condemns me, you are greater than my heart. I am not defined by how I feel. I'm not defined by, by the performance that I've done. I am defined by the fact that Jesus has died for me. He has been risen again and that today I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ by the blood and the body of Jesus' sacrifice. I have been redeemed and I am grateful, I'm so thankful and today Lord I come to worship you, I come to bless you. You know the Father is looking for us to boldly believe the Word of God and approach Him in worship. So I wanted to though today um, as we begin to talk about worship, I wanted to get a few different perspectives. Now people, these people don't I uh, haven't had prep time to do this. I'm just gonna call them up to share a, a little bit. They don't even know who they are yet. Um, to share a little bit about what their experience of worship's like. For me, often in worship, when I come to worship God, I'm having vision after vision as the Lord is showing me things that minister to my heart. He's showing me things to come. He's helping me. He's filling me with joy and peace and He's, he's healing my heart. Whatever it's needed, God supplies all of my needs according to His riches in glory. If I'm a bit confused about an issue and I come to the Lord, here I am, God, I'm feeling a bit confused about this issue, I give it to you. He'll show me something that'll settle my heart and give me peace and show me something that's, that just reveals and confirms the Word of God to me and makes it come to alive to me in a fresh way through a vision or an encouragement or a revelation in the atmosphere of worship that just makes me melt with joy. Hallelujah. I remember in the early days when I was, um, I was just starting to step out in ministry and I had some people that were a bit jealous of the fact that God was starting to open doors for me. And 
saying, oh, she's opening her own doors, things, you're opening your own doors. And I was really worried, oh, am I opening my own doors? God, I don't wanna open my own doors. I was in a worship service in uh, North Carolina and I didn't know any of the songs they were singing. Um, it, it were all new songs. And, but I was in worship thinking, God, I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be making my own way. I don't wanna be a door opener. I don't want to be doing that, oh God, am I doing that? I don't want to be doing that, I'm sorry God, am I doing that? And you know, as I just began to worship him, I told him what was on my heart, I was worried about what they'd said. As I told him what was on my heart, the Lord just reminded me of a time when I was just 12, 13 years old. I was newly saved and I came home from school and mum had put some new deadlocks on the front door. And I had a key to open it, but I could not make that thing open. I tried and I tried until I was just about in tears trying to get this door open. And as I finally, I'm trying to get the door open, I said, help God, and click, the door opened. And I went in and I actually got on my knees. I said, thank you, Daddy, that was so kind of you. You helped me when I asked you. And I hadn't thought of this for decades. But in worship that night, or that day, as I was thinking about, oh God, am I opening my own doors? The Lord brought that memory back to me and the moment he did, he spoke to me. He said, Catherine, I'm still opening doors for you. And I just settled it. Your voice is a whole lot better than theirs. Thank you, Jesus. But these are the sorts of things that occur in worship. Sometimes he's showing me about how I'm connected to him as part of his body. He's showing me things about nations. There's the, for me, worship is always an adventure. But it's always different for, for different people because God meets you where you are and in your personality. He knows exactly how to engage with you. He speaks your love language, hallelujah. And so I wanted to invite a few people just to just ask them what happens when they close their eyes and they begin to worship God. So I think this is gonna be fun. Yay. Hallelujah. All right. Mark, come on up here. Come here. This is Mark Greenwood. <laughs> All right. So. You come into worship, <laughs> the music starts. What happens? What does it look like for you? Um, for me, I often just check if Aaron's on the drums or not <laughs> first because I like to watch his facial expressions <laughs> while he drums. Has anyone else seen his facial expressions? <laughs> okay, but second, after that, for me, I, I love um, Psalm 17 verse 15 and I, I think about it all the time, but it's, um, as for me, I will behold his face in righteousness. And when I awake, I will be satisfied with his likeness. It's one of my life verses, and to me, it's the heart of worship. And uh, to behold someone's face is to look at them. It's to, it's to lock eyes. And so you, who's ever seen someone who's ashamed? Uh, often, they'll have a physical tilt in their head. Can you remember someone that's, that's really dealing with shame? And, and it's very hard to lock eyes with people. And I think a lot of us approach God and we, we, 
want to fix our eyes of faith and the eyes of our heart upon him, but we feel guilt, shame, or condemnation, or whatever these things are. And so sometimes, if I'm ever experiencing things like that, I will physically lift my head up while I'm worshiping, and I'll put my hands up, and I will. I know that a directional up, heaven, whatever, it's a realm. It's not necessarily whatever, but I, I, I choose to physically lift my shoulders and I put my, I put my face forward as I'm gazing at His face. I'm looking at my Father. I'm beholding His face, and that's worship. And as Catherine just so powerfully said, it's, it's the, it's the result of having been set free from that old condition of sin. It's the result. It's what God's outcome was. It wasn't a great theology He had in mind. It was a great relationship with us. And worship is the heart's response to that very reality that we've been set free. And so just one more thought is that, oh, sorry, are we interviewing? No, that's good. It's awesome. (laughs) You're Um, doing great. In Hebrews 4, 16, as Catherine's just quoted earlier, it says to come boldly before the throne of grace. And again, that's the same thing to me is boldness looks like something. To behold his face looks like something. And so anything that makes me feel inadequate is usually uh, usually a symbol that I'm looking at myself instead of looking at him and what he did. And so if I'm if that I've got a trigger now, it's not about me, it's about him. It's not about my behavior, it's about his blood that cleansed me. And the amazing thing is, Psalm 17, verse 15, if you behold his face in righteousness, what happens? You become satisfied by his likeness because you you become like you begin to look like the one you worship it's a biblical concept what you worship you become like god said to the to israelites at one point you've become like the, the 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 carven images of wood because they're deaf and blind you've become just like what you worship you can't see though you have eyes you can't hear though you have ears and so to begin to behave more like him we need to behold him and so, yeah, for me, it's That's very awesome. much. That's awesome. So, so do you, does your mind ever wander in worship? Do you ever find yourself like just wandering off? What do you do? How do you stay focused, engaged in worship? That's a great question. Yes, it does sometimes. I, I think for me, I've, I'm, I'm trying to produce, I'm trying to practice in my life focus. I mean, Aaron's message last Sunday on just cultivating focus on God. Um, I think often of, uh, in the book of Acts, before Jesus ascended, he says to them, tarry in Jerusalem, or wait, linger in Jerusalem, for not many days from now, you'll be baptized with power from on high. And that word tarry, it's to wait. It's, to, it's, actually, an, it's actually an active word, it's not a passive word. It's a, it's a word that means to fix yourself, to, to focus, to wait. We see them praying in Acts 2, before the Holy Spirit came, but that's not what he asked them to do, he asked them to wait. So there's something about waiting on God that I'm trying to cultivate, not just in a church service, but in my life, my day-to-day life, to sit in His presence and wait upon Him. Because He's worth waiting for, right? He's worth waiting upon. We wait 15 minutes in a McDonald's line, but sometimes we won't wait 15 minutes upon the, the God of gods and the Lord of lords and our King and Savior. And so, so what is waiting? So what is waiting? Is it just like waiting to see something happen? What's happening when you're waiting? So for me, when I'm waiting, I'm using the eyes of my heart, which the Bible calls the imagination, the eyes of your heart. So I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see what I imagine he's, he's looking like, where I imagine he sees me. What I see a lot is um, the throne. 
because it says to come boldly before the throne of grace. So I like to picture the throne room of God. When I look in the book of Revelation, it talks about uh, angels, tens of thousands of thousands of angels. And, and what are they doing around the throne? Worshipping. Why? Because they see Him clearly. When you see Him clearly, you don't have to provoke worship. It's a response, right? And so these angels round and round the throne, and, and, and that's why I think on a bigger picture for me, I, I, I'm increasingly burning for worship because if righteousness gives you access to the throne and worship happens around the throne, then I think a culture of worship is a very good picture like we're getting it and we're awakening to righteousness because the response will actually be a, a, a passionate culture of worship. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. You did well. That's, I, I so resonate with what you were saying that, you know, I like also to pray the apostolic prayers. I love to pray, um, you know, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, enlightening the eyes of my understanding in the knowledge of you. That I wanna know him, hallelujah. I'm gonna invite Brett Shaw to come. Come on, Brett. Hallelujah. Brett's one of our amazing worship leaders. I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear your perspective. You know, a lot of people, um, they struggle with the, the language of worship and particularly, like I've had some men, they've, they talk about, oh, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable saying I love you God and all this sort of stuff. And, um, but when I read the Psalms, or, or David was a passionate worshiper of God, what, what happens, A, first, what happens for you when you go to worship God? And, and could you talk into what does it look like for, for people to be expressing yeah. relationship and love for God? Sure, wow. I just realized how vulnerable this is, <laughs> talking about like Thank how you, you worship. Thank you, I appreciate it though, because it is, it is a yeah. really vulnerable space. But that's, that's where I wanna help people connect because yeah, it's, it's questions that they just don't yeah. have the answers to. So I'd yeah. love to hear. So for me, I feel like my, uh, the experience of worship for me has in some ways been influenced by kind of your, your second question. Um, so I feel like being a, a man you know, a lot of your life you're kind of told how you should act, how you should maybe put a lid on your emotions. And um, I think I approached God in worship when I was younger, a little bit guarded, maybe. So comfortable with some aspects of worship, but potentially not others, because there was kind of like feminine aspects of worship and masculine aspects of worship. And I remember I had this encounter, I lived in Toronto, Canada for a while, and I remember we were doing, uh, they really believe in what they call soaking, which is basically just where you put on worship music and you just soak in his presence for extended periods of time. I wasn't super comfortable with that concept. And uh, the time seemed like it just went on forever. And I was kind of dragging my feet with this whole experience a little bit. My mind would wander. And then I remember finally just getting pretty frustrated and being like, okay, God, you know, something's got to shift here. Would you just, would you show me something that would, that would shift my perspective about soaking? 
And I remember just like that, I saw myself in this open space, in this, this open green field with rolling hills, and there was Jesus standing in front of me. And I saw him for who he was. And he walked towards me. We had conversation. Um, he spoke into my heart things that I needed to hear. I felt like, I felt like years of, um, you know, misconception of who he was started to melt off in this place. And so that's the place I go to worship now. It's like he created this space, this environment for me and him in worship. So when I worship, I'm physically here, but I'm kind of mentally not here. So I, as, as worship begins, I see this place and I let the, the lyrics that we're singing kind of invade this, this space. As we make declarations about who he is, I see him as that, you know? I see his strength, his glory, his wonder. I see his extravagant love for us. And it's like I almost bring all of my, whatever I'm going through, you know, my fear, my doubt into that space as well. And I stand before him and he deals with that in the yes. most beautiful, tender way oh, in, in yes. his presence. Um, and I, I've also found, for me personally, um, in terms of kind of the masculine side of worship as well, I have, I've also found, like what Mark's talking about, in terms of lifting your hands, it's almost like taking on this, this open, vulnerable stance has always been helpful for me. I think before I didn't exactly understand, you know, I'm not, not maybe the wildest, most flailing kind of person in worship, but I do find this, this opening up of yourself, making yourself vulnerable, positions God and his presence, him to wrap his presence around me, you know, like a cloak. Wow, wow, that's so, so good because you res it resonates with what the Lord, the Lord shows me. And so what about in praise? Like what does that look like? Is it, is it the same thing when it's not soaking worship, when it's not, you know, the, that sort of uh, deep time. What what right. looks like? What does it look like for you in praise? Yeah, it is to it, it is to a certain extent. But um, honestly, I, I feel like um, Aaron has really inspired me. I th I think I didn't totally maybe get praise for a long time as well. I thought kind of like worship was my thing, and I didn't really understand praise. But um, the the kind of the joy that Aaron leads in you know he's got an anointing that, uh, to like fill an atmosphere with joy through praise and i was kind of like i don't know how do you do you know how do you do spontaneous in praise or whatever i didn't necessarily think that was kind of my thing or whatever so people like aaron and people like joel um have such an this it's almost like uh it feels more like this anthem this kind of like this army rising up and we declare, we, we step into joy, into praise, into victory. Um, so it, it feels just now like that's another flavor that we can access in worship. It's part of this, this journey. So good, so, thank you so much, Brett. That was just magnificent, hallelujah. Oh, is this helpful? I tell you, it helps, it helps me even to see how other people engage because my heart resonates so much with what Brett just said there. It's really powerful. 
Well, we've been talking a lot about you, Aaron. I think you should probably come. Come on up, Pastor Aaron Damianopoulos. <laughs> Isn't this lovely? I'm enjoying this. So, so good. All right. So you're getting ready. I mean, you're, you lead the worship for us so often, and it's so, so rich. But you have such a desire to take people um, on a journey. What is it that you're wanting to see for the people? Where do you, what do you want for the people when you start, when you go to, to pray about leading worship? What, what, are you, what are you hoping to happen? Gosh. Well, the simple answer would be that just whatever he wants to do and say to everybody in the room, that that would just be such, there'd be such a clear atmosphere in this place. All the confusion, all the stuff in life would just be like gone and we'd see him so clearly and that just whatever he wants to say. But I think, like when I think about what do I want people to see, I think I just want them to see how good he really is. Because it, like it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's, it's like when I see, you don't need a lot else. Like when you actually just see him, everything else kind of like starts to fall into place. So it's really simple. I think I just want them to encounter who he really is. Oh. <laughs> hey, 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 just stay here for a minute. This is, this is too good. Um, what about, you know, you as well as, you know, you lead from the guitar, you, you, you um, sing. What happens in those moments when you really start to go into like a warfare yeah. praise? What, what are you feeling and what, what are your, what's your understanding of the purpose of that? You know, for people who say, oh, I just like it quiet. What, what's your understanding of, of, of that sort of militant almost yeah. um, praise, celebration, or what, what, is, what is that for you? Man. Sometimes you kind of launch into it and you don't, you almost don't know what you're doing initially. But I, I think, I just feel like sometimes we just have to like kind of, oh man, I, like, I don't know, I feel like it's just like smashing strongholds or it's doing something to declare the reality of God's culture, His heaven and His reality in a place. And I'm saying, no, this is, because you know, like I said, our mouths are a weapon, right? And it's, God has given us this ability to declare and to say the truth of His Word in an environment sometimes where there is an anti-kingdom culture trying to kind of invade, right? And I feel like when we're warfaring, it's just, it starts to break that stuff down or it starts to smash. Well, sometimes if I can move myself, myself a step outside of my comfort and my convenience and just kind of like, sometimes I just gotta do something expressive or kind of reckless or even that makes me look a little bit silly or something, I'm pushing myself out to just say, God, you're so much bigger than what I feel. That's, the, that's why I, it's, he is so much bigger than how we feel. And our feelings are not in charge, he is. Amen, oh. amen, that is so good. Amen, thank you, Aaron. Ah, oh, it makes me happy. <laughs> you know, the, this is all, everything that's going on there is scriptural. And that, you know, when we begin to shout, when we begin to celebrate, the Bible talks about 
um, the power of worship in that the worshipers were sent forth in front of the army. Hallelujah. Uh, making declarations, singing a joyful song and, uh, to the Lord and making a joyful noise, celebrating dancing is actually stirring up yourself up to come into agreement with truth. Hallelujah. And it's so powerful. I love it so much. I'm going to ask one more. Um, Yaz, why don't you come? Come on up. I love it when you live worship, it's just beautiful. But what, what happens for you when, when you come to worship God? What, what goes on, in, like, how do you step in? What, what sort of connection happens and how does that happen for people? If, if you were wanting to help them, how, how do they connect? What does it look like for you? Yeah. Uh, I feel like it looks different every time. Yeah. Um, and there's no, blanket rule of how to come in or um, or what works for me. I think sometimes I come in and I feel like stuff that's happened the day or, or things going on at work or things I have to get done when I get home or different things are like on my mind and I come in and I just have to like, okay, God, this is what's up here, but I'm here for you. And I'm so aware that your presence is filling me, every part of my body and whatever you have for me right now, I'll go there. And it just, it's like just shaking off everything else and allowing him to do what he wants to do. Um, but then other times I, like with praise, it's just like this, I just listen to the, the truths that we're singing and it gets me so excited. And I think I used to, feel quite reserved <laughs> when it came to praise, but not so much anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah! Um, and I just, it just makes me want to rejoice and, and it's just, just letting him go where he wants to go. Um, as I said, different every time, but I just have fun with him and allow him to do what he wants to do in me or, or teach me or just fill me with peace and joy and it's, so what, what if you've had a, like a, a rotten day and you, like your mind's been all over the place, you haven't spent very much time with God, you haven't performed like you'd like to have performed. What does that look like for you coming into worship? Assuming that occasionally that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> Never? Uh, yes. Uh, like up here or? In the congregation. Um, I think I explained a bit of just like letting him just shake it off and. Um, How? I, How? I room with Yile at, <laughs> at the house and, um, and she does this wonderful thing where she just says, I just, I just brush off all of the weight and she just physically brushes that's it off. That's so good. And that's what I kind of feel like he's doing to me sometimes is just like coming close, just brushing weight off my shoulders. And then when he's that close, like we talked about beholding his face and um, that's such a, like a key thing that has been there for me this year is like he, he spoke Exodus 33 over 
over um, this coming year for me and that I would just seek to behold his face and it be a place that I get to come into, not in a one-time encounter, but like in my everyday time with him to just sit closely with him. And so, yeah, just coming in, letting him brush everything off. So, but if you say letting place. him, people might say, well, I'm letting him, I'm not feeling anything, you know. Um, what does letting him do that look like? Is it something you do by faith? Is it an expe expectation that you have? Is it, is it because of what you believe? Or what, what is that? How would you help somebody that says, well, I'm standing here, I'm not feeling any of that. I, I wish he would do that for me. I think sometimes I, I come in feeling like things have to be solved before I can move on, but they don't. <laughs> um, he gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah, very good. And so letting him means not holding on and it means letting go. Very so, good, very good. So I just come and I say, I'm letting you do this and in allowing you to do this for me, I'm... I'm actually releasing this stuff and I'm not going to hold on to it. This is time for you. And if it's stuff that needs to happen later that I need to really talk through with him or, or, um, or find a solution, then that can happen. And maybe he'll speak during that time. But if my eyes are on that and it's not on him, yeah. then... Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well said. Well said, honey. That's awesome. I like that. I really like that. <sighs> People come up to me sometimes and they say, I don't feel anything. I wish I had a relationship with God like you. And my heart breaks because I'm like, oh, you can, you can. But I, I, don't, I don't lack compassion in that, but I really, I really believe that the enemy would have you believe that unless out, it completely external, taking you by surprise, Jesus shows up in an open vision and speaks to you, then you really haven't had an encounter with God. Some people get this impression that if I haven't had like something completely surprising and dramatic happen, then am I just making it up? What's, what's happening here? But I really just wanna come back to that point that all of this, all of our engagement with God, all of our connecting with God happens by faith. It happens not by your feelings, because if it, if it were based on your feelings, then when you're having a good day, you're gonna have great worship. If you're having a bad day, you're not. But if you're engaging by faith, just saying to your soul, bless the Lord, oh my soul, Forget not all his benefits. I'm gonna remind you, he heals all of my diseases. Hooray! He's taken away all of my iniquity. Yay! Bless God. Come on, soul, bless God. We're gonna bless you. We're gonna bless you. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna worship you. And as you begin to do that, uh, the Bible says he is our glory and the lifter of our head. He does. When you come and say, I'm here. I'm gonna bless you because you are worthy, you're kind, I do know this, you are good, you, are de you deserve to be loved, God. You deserve to be worshiped. So, and I'm not gonna think that this is all about me. It is your good pleasure to receive our love because you are a 
good, good Father, and you are worthy of worship. So I'm gonna come and tell you I love you, and I've got all this stuff going on, I've got all these worries and these concerns, I haven't been doing so good, but I'm gonna tell you I love you, and as you do that, He is your glory and the lifter of your head. He comes and goes, come here. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And I just love the way you put that, Yaz, that it doesn't have to be all fixed and resolved for you to be able to receive supernatural peace. Peace that passes understanding. It's available for us as we come to worship Him. I tell you, relationship with God is not just a positional thing. It is a true, glorious, love relationship that will satisfy your deepest need for love, for identity, for belonging. He wants you to know that you belong to Him and that He, that your beloved is yours and He is yours and, and that together, that, that you will never again be alone, that He loves to hear your voice, He loves to be your strength, He loves to speak to you. And so I just wanna encourage you tonight, we're gonna pray for a few people But before we do that, if you're here and you hear us talking about engaging with God and you know in your heart you haven't made that choice to receive Christ as Savior, I wanna pray for you tonight before we go any further. A lot of people believe in the existence of God. They believe the story of Jesus. But believing that He lived and that He existed or that there is a God is one thing, it's another thing to actually respond and say, I want to be in relationship with you, God, and I want to give you my sin and my shame and my crookedness, I want to exchange it for your gift of mercy, your gift of righteousness, your gift of forgiveness, and your gift of eternal life. And when we do that by faith, the Bible says you will be born again. You will get a new heart, a new nature, and the Spirit of God will come to live on the inside of you as a witness of your eternal life. Hallelujah. But it requires an act of your will where you freely determine to choose Jesus. I choose you, God, to be my savior. I receive and thank you for your your gift of mercy that you purchased by becoming sin for me and taking my place and being punished for me. And I receive that gift of salvation. If you're here tonight and you say, yeah, that's me. I wanna respond to the mercy of God tonight. I wanna come into the kingdom and I wanna come into relationship with God. Would you wave your hand at me? I'd love to pray with you before we go any further. Yes, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. 
We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.